Hello again, and welcome to The Buzz. Scott Tady and Megan Miller here with your weekly entertainment podcast, and it's the cold edition. We're both kind of battling colds here. Yes, I feel like the holiday season is kind of starting, and we're going to talk about different events and stuff coming up for that, but also the cold and flu season is also starting, so wash your hands regularly. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, always entertainment to talk about. Right here in Beaver County this Wednesday, Gallagher in concert at the Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center. Yeah, that is an interesting um, act to come to Lincoln Park, but it's really cool that they have, I mean, because they're so known for, like, the theater, and I know they've had different concerts and different, like, the dance series and stuff, so it's kind of cool that they have a different act coming through. No one who's made a career off of smashing watermelons. Yeah. Until now, yes. I, I did an interview with him in Sunday's paper, and uh, he's a fired-up guy. He's, he's like it, one of those people that calls uh, talk radio shows and just rants and, and lets people know what he thinks, and... Uh, yeah, I'm just letting people know about that. If you're coming to think he's just going to be smashing watermelons, which he's famous for doing, you're going to hear an interesting show. It sounds like there's a lot more. It sounds like there is some bitterness and like some grit to his both to his personality and his act. And I mean, I think that you did a nice job of kind of telling people like this is what you can expect. This is what he said. And oh yeah, by the way, there will be some watermelons too. <laughs> One of the things Gallagher's fired up about he he never got a TV show or a sitcom. Uh, you know, Seinfeld did or Ray Romano did. Kevin James did, and he's like, where's my sitcom? Where's my TV show? And Interesting point. Uh, he was very big in the 80s. He was one of the people, one of the first, I mean, maybe not, maybe George Carlin would have been first, but he, in the 80s, had a lot of Showtime specials, a lot of comedy specials, kind of paved the way for some other people. I, I don't know. That's interesting, because I really didn't know much about him, and I always associate him with the watermelons, <laughs> and I think that's how a lot of people do. And at this show, too, there is, like, a splash zone, right? As yes. far as, like, the tickets, you know, you know that you may get splashed with some watermelon. They, they tell you to, uh, it's not a bad idea to, to bring a rain poncho, so I'm going to try to go to that show and oh, that's report cool. back next week. But uh, I know another big thing coming up that you just wrote about. Yes, uh, Comcast Light Up Night is going to be uh, taking place on Friday in um, kind of various parts of downtown Pittsburgh. Um, we had a big story um, in Sunday's paper, and it's also up on our website now at timesonline.com slash entertainment. Pretty much um, outlining everything that is, or outlining everything that is kind of taking place. Um, some of the light up lighting of the like trees and ceremonies and stuff start earlier in the day, um, like at the city county building, I think that's at like 1115. And then it goes throughout the day. Uh, the stuff that you know, we're of course excited for the entertainment. Um, Daya, uh, <laughs> I know you're singing that song in your head as you have been every time anybody mentions her name. And OAR will both be um, headlining different um, stages on Fort Duquesne Boulevard. Well, hey, last year, Daya was the opening act when it was on the Clemente Bridge, and thousands of people turned out to see her. So I, I understand why they booked her. She definitely has a, follow, a young following. Well, the um, funny thing about that is I went to a press conference um, well, a week and a half or so ago, um, kind of they were um, announcing all of the festivities for Light Up Night, and there were a bunch of different, you know, speakers and things. Um, and Zach Zabo with 92.9, um, the radio station, he um, was the one who was in charge of announcing the um, musical lineups, OAR and then Dea. And he had said, you know, last year, you know, the manager, like her manager came to us and said, you know, give her this opportunity, like she can do really well. So they gave her the opportunity and she did well. And now she is headlining it and I think I think it's a really good stepping stone for her because last year she was the opening act now she's headlining she's done other um like mall shows and she did the Thrival day one of Thrival Festival um earlier this fall so 
and she's done the club at Stage AE, and then in March, what she's doing, the main stage at Stage AE. Headlining, uh, yeah, 18-year-old Mount Lebanon singer. She gets better every time. I, I saw her the light-up night last year. I know you were there, too, and uh, I thought she was okay. I, I wanted to see more, but then I, I attended her CD release show at Stage AE, the, the club at Stage AE. Thought uh, I saw a lot of improvement, and then that last time you mentioned the Thrival Festival, she was she was the national artist she is. She just had that confidence, that that command of the stage. So uh, it, it's been fun to watch her ascent, and uh, this is another big step. Yeah, and now um, she just released uh, her debut album what last month, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, she seems to be getting bigger and bigger and improving, and that's I mean that's cool to see from somebody who is, you know, not from not that far from where you or I grew up, too. So This summer, I was driving out to New Jersey for a weekend, and uh, all the stations in Philly, New Jersey, were playing her as much as they were playing Adele. I mean, it was like nonstop day. So, uh, That's, I mean, good for her, good yeah. for her and her fans. So, yeah, so they'll, um, she'll be, there are two, there are going to be two stages on Fort Duquesne Boulevard, one at the corner of 6th and one at the corner of 9th. Um, so they'll actually both be on at the same time at 8.30, and there are different um, opening acts uh, starting at like 6 p.m., and there are different stages throughout the city, and we have all of the, um, the schedule and all of the different stages and where they're located on the website as well. So that's, that's important to note. In years past, it's always been on the Clemente Bridge. This year, it's actually, you said, on Fort Duquesne Boulevard. So different vantage point. Uh, it'll be interesting I, I know when that Clemente Bridge gets crowded it, it's it's crazy we've seen some other shows there like uh, Cobra Starship the one year where you, you can barely move so I'm real interested to see how the different setting for the stage is going to work out and I'm curious too that they're going to have two headliners at the same time I'm sure that's going to fan out some of the audience and you know some of the people and I kind of like that like at first I was like oh like I have to pick OAR or Dea but then at the same time it's like well so does everybody else so it won't be because I remember trying to navigate on that bridge last year you were just packed in there tight with nowhere to go so that should be and then of course the market square they're going to have the holiday market um, that opens and Santa makes his grand arrival on light up night and both of the holiday market and santa will be set up through uh the holiday season and you see my tweet now that it's the comcast light up night does that mean there's a four-hour window opportunity <laughs> when it actually opens or you know what i am not the only one who chuckled over that <laughs> so yeah they're the new you know sponsor for this year and i think it's like a multi-year you know thing but yeah so it sounds like there's going to be a lot of you know new things and it sounds like they're kind of keeping the traditional aspect of it but revamping some things there's going to be an energy flows like almost like a art light um installation on the rachel carson bridge so that sounds kind of cool that they're um some of the figureheads in pittsburgh seemed pretty excited about that um debuting on light up night i usually don't miss a light up night but i might stay home and watch tv this friday because alan cumming is going oh. to be on wqed and i Unlike you, I didn't get the chance to see him in concert. So is that a good idea? Should I watch this show? Yeah, I mean, at least you're going to be in the comfort of your own home on your couch instead of braving the cold or, I don't know, light-up night could be anywhere from 20 degrees to 60 degrees in Pittsburgh. So I haven't checked the weather yet. But, yeah, um, he his Alan Cummings Sing Sappy Songs is going to be on QED. National TV, PBS stations, including Pittsburgh's Channel 13. Yeah, I'm very intrigued because it is definitely an adult show, both language and content. So I'm curious how they're going to rework some of that for 
PBS. But it's a good show. I mean, you learn a lot about him. We talked about it last month, uh, both before and after he came to the Biome Theater in Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, you learn a lot about him because the man has literally done everything in show business. I mean, he has done it all. You hear a lot about what he um, has done, some of his stories, and he has a beautiful singing voice, and he does some really cool songs that you wouldn't expect a you know 51-year-old Scottish actor to sing. And one of those is Lady Gaga. <laughs> if he was a 51-year-old Austrian actor, would that be different? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you don't expect Katy Perry and Lady Gaga. No. You expect, like, Bobby. these, you know, grand, like, show tunes and, you know, different, um, you know, songs and stuff like that. So it was, it was a very entertaining evening, I think. Check it out. Yeah, I'm excited that other people get to see what I saw. I'm curious where he performed it, that they're showing it Not on sure. TV. So... So that'll be cool. So that is one option if you aren't going to Comcast late at night. We'll be headed to Pittsburgh on Saturday afternoon to see a concert, though. Okay, let's hear it. The band, the one-man band, Bobby Rock. Uh, you might know the guy in it is uh, Justin Bobby from MTV's The Hills. Now, here's a question. You're admitting it on camera that you might be going to it. Is it professional <laughs> curiosity or just... I was a fan of The Hills and of him. and uh, Oh, know, I'm not. I completely agree with yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, I did an interview with him this past Sunday, and he's still as zen and enigmatic as you would think. Uh, you know, just, just a chill kind of guy. He lives in Austin now. He, really? His band, uh, it was a two-man band, and they, they did a show for South by Southwest. They liked it down there. He, he said it was just a better scene there than New York where he was living. So, uh, yeah, I've heard some of his songs. Uh, good guitar. You know, the lyrics are still a work in progress, uh, but... Uh, He's just, he's just a charismatic guy, Justin Bobby. Come on, and in Club Cafe, a little tiny Club Cafe. So, and it's cool that they're doing an afternoon show because I didn't realize that they did that. He already had a show booked that night, and he he had some time to be in Pittsburgh, and he just arranged a schedule. It is pretty unique. I, I, although I saw the Civil Wars do an afternoon show there once, and it was ended up being my my show of the year. So really? Sometimes it just has an intimate, cozier vibe in the middle of the afternoon. You know? Now, were they known yet at that point? Uh, there was a buzz. Well, well, Taylor Swift tweeted how much she liked them, so suddenly. Like, like a million people, myself so included, discovered them. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. That was a, that was a good call. Uh, so in that case, but, but yeah, just, it's Justin. He, it's a one-man band. His drummer had to take time off from the tour. He wasn't feeling so well. So Justin's forging on. Uh, his, one, his one last name is Brescia. Brescia. It's B R E S C I A. But nobody knows that. Every, I didn't know that. He will forever be Justin Bobby because I remember the guy with two first names. He's that <laughs> important, as uh, Lauren Conrad and Lo Bosworth pointed out on the hills. And he's not speaking to them anymore. He's, he's still in touch with Brody, uh, Caitlyn Jenner's son. Uh, they they get along, and, and Audrina was always his his romantic interest, if you will. Or, do yeah. we need air quotes <laughs> yeah. for that? Uh, he said she came to visit him in New York a couple years ago. That they get along well. Of course, she. Just just got married in Hawaii a couple weeks ago, and yeah. so her, her life's taken a different direction. But uh, you know, it's funny. I, I watched like four episodes of the four reruns of The Hills this weekend, just because I hadn't seen them in professional years. curiosity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, boy, it's it's a slow moving show when you go back and watch it. I, I don't know. This is 2007, 2010. Maybe I'm more used to the Bravo shows now, and just it's yeah. nonstop screaming and yelling and cat fights and. There's a lot more development sounds too uh, too professional, but there's, there's just some slow moments, and it, it's really interesting. You go back and watch a couple of reruns and tell me what you think. Well, I I watched that show religiously, probably more religiously than I should have when it was on, and I liked Laguna Beach, which was the which the Hills was the spinoff of Laguna Beach. Um, but I remember in the summers MTV. 
at least back when I had cable, MTV would rerun Laguna Beach in the summer in the mornings, um, like weekday mornings. So I've caught up on that in the last couple years, but it, it's been a while. I haven't watched The Hills since it actually went off the air in, what, 2010? Yes. Sound, seems so long ago. I can't believe it's been that long since I've had Lauren Conrad on my TV. Those were simpler times. <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I always did like that show, but I am curious what it would be like to watch it, you know, now compared to The Real Housewives or The Kardashians or, you know, anything like that. But I learned a few things from your story. One was I didn't realize, I remember them making fun of him calling him Justin Bobby, and I didn't realize it's because he wanted to go by his middle name, and Audrina kept forgetting and calling him Justin, <laughs> yes. so that's how Justin Bobby came up. And then I also did not know he was a hairdresser to the stars. To no other than Adam Levine. He, well, he started out as the hairstylist for Maroon 5's guitarist, and then one day Adam Levine came in, and, and Adam said, what do you think about my hair? And Justin said, well, it looks like, uh, I can't use the word he said, but he said it didn't look good. And Adam Levine <laughs> said, well, do something about it. And Fix he kind of challenged him. And Justin Bobby did. And uh, he was a client for like five years. He said a great client. He, he said he, he really enjoyed working on him. So no wonder Adam Levine did so well on, on The Voice and all his shows because because he had, you know, great hair. hairstylist. And I will say Justin Bobby does have a nice head of hair. He, he has his own, pro- his own product line of hair. Uh, products or whatever, but oh, okay. he says he's not a good salesman. Is his problem? He like you don't see him on Home Shopping Never or whatever. He he's not good at telling people buy this, buy this. So he's looking for investors actually. So. Huh. This could be your break. You know? <laughs> well, he does seem like he has that, you know, too cool for school, like, air about him. Like, he had yeah. that on the hill. That was part of his charm on the hills. And I think that was part of his charm to the, I don't want to say characters, but the people, cast members of the hills as well. From the female perspective, what was it about him? You know what? I, I think it's just that, you know, like, I don't want to say stereotype, but just that, you know, he kind of, he filled that void of, like, the bad boy doesn't care. Like, he kind of treated Audrina like dirt. But then you find out, too, you know, a lot of that show was scripted. And, you know, they would, the producers would bribe them with, I mean, cast members came out and talked about this in different, you know, uh, we're not starting any rumors, but they've talked about it in different publications and stuff, how they were bribed with purses or different cast members were and whatnot. So... Now you kind of go back and question, well, how much of it was real, but... He met Audrina. He was doing her hair, actually, but they they kind of, on the show, pretended like he was a romantic interest from her past years ago. They they just met, really, so... But uh, in the interviews, ever since then, they've said, yeah, there was was some romantic sparks. That that wasn't all pretend or whatever. I could see that. Definitely had some hurt feelings, and more on her end, of course. Yeah, well, (laughs) he wouldn't be Justin Bobby (laughs) if not. But, and the other thing that I thought it was interesting that he talked about in your story, um, he mentioned how like he has this full band with just the foot pedal yeah and you usually don't hear musicians talking about that in such a positive like well i don't need a full band i just have you know all i have to do is you know pump the pedal and here we are and his drummer left the tour justin said his justin's dad mailed him a drummer he said it was actually a drum pedal and he's still learning getting the hang of how to play it but uh the thing is, he, he cranks, too. It's like electric guitar. This isn't singer, songwriter, acoustic, you know, what you hear in a, a coffee shop kind of thing. It's more rock and tunes as a one-man band. So uh, I think he needs a drum. So I'll, I'll report back. Let, let yeah, know. I'm very intrigued by that. So that's, you know, an afternoon show. So you don't even have to sacrifice an evening. You can go down and get home before it's dark <laughs> out since it's now dark at, what, 530. That kind of show. So, <laughs> yeah, and we will be right back. Get ready, get set, get out this weekend. Watch every Wednesday as I, Scott Tatey, give you the scoop on local entertainment and help you plan how to get out this weekend. Sponsored by Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center, 
A new episode premieres every Wednesday at timesonline.com slash get out or watch them on our Beaver County Times Roku channel. Don't miss it. And we are back on the bus. Megan Miller and Scott Tady here, ready to talk more entertainment. You went to an interesting show last week. Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to get down with electronic dance music. Uh, and uh, I, I got a tip about uh, this guy Grizz from, from suburban Detroit. And uh, one, one of the complaints I've made of EDM before, the artists is there, not enough live instrumentation and not enough movement on stage. This guy brought it. I, I really had a good time. First of all, Grizz plays a saxophone probably 80% of the time uh, when he's not you know, behind his laptop, whatever. Some really live, great sax. He had a guitarist with him to play the whole time. So you had the live music element as well as the, the pre-recorded stuff, uh, the sampling stuff. That was cool, and he was just a great showman, really working the crowd. And this was the night after election, and uh, you know you're scrolling through social media. There's just so much anger and, and bitterness, and this was such an upbeat show. And just he was making people to say, you know, it's all about love, and it just had a, a really good vibe, uh, great dance music. So uh, yeah, I, I'm down with Grizz, uh, electronic dance music uh, artist. Uh, you'll be hearing a lot more. People are saying he's sort of. The, uh, one of the futures uh, of the genre, actually. Yeah, and you made a comment. You wrote about it in your column. You actually wrote about Grizz and Justin Bobby in your column this week, you know, a preview and a review. And I liked the one point that you made about, you know, everybody was, like, on social media griping and complaining, and it was kind of nice just to, like, put it away, uh. and you were, like, doing something instead of just constantly. Because let's face it, social media, a couple weeks up till the election and then a few days or even now past the election it's been rough to go on so it's kind of nice that you were just in the moment doing something else and, and it sounded like a cool show and that's what i do between opening acts and the main you know you have 20 minutes to kill and i'm, I'm usually at a show by myself anyway so what do you do you go through that but uh yeah he, he took me to a place i needed to go i needed to hear some some good beats to some happy music uh you know it wasn't a sold out crowd but it, it was pretty good size and uh I, I thought it was a good crowd. They, they were into the music. So. Oh, that's cool. So that's somebody to keep on the radar. Definitely. And then I had a – it was kind of a slower-paced uh, Saturday <laughs> afternoon than the EDM show that you went to. Um, I attended the annual craft show at Beaver High School this past weekend. Well, I've been to that. It's a nice thing. It is. Um, they – pack so many different crafters and vendors into there like every space is used it's pretty cool so there's a lot of you know fun stuff this weekend so and it, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show it's, it's kind of the kickoff to the holiday season and there's going to be plenty of different stuff you know going on between now and the new year so that was a cool i like that the craft shows always start early it kind of eases you into the holiday season yeah. and you because usually if they're like the last weekend before christmas Everybody's busy that weekend. You know, people are already, you know, shopped out or have their gifts or ordering online. So it's kind of the perfect, you know, time of year to do it. And they're all coming. Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday. So, you know, the the whole the pressure to start shopping is underway, so you're lucky if you got an early jump on that. Yeah, and I like, too, that you're buying from, you know, local people. They're, you know, handmade items. I mean, they still have, you know, like catalog-type things like uh Avon, Mary Kay, LuLaRoe, like those types of things were there as well. But there were a lot of, you know, handmade, you know, ornaments and baked goods and that kind of stuff too. So what would have been trending? What was the, the trendiest thing you saw? Oh, you know, I, I saw a lot more baked goods than I usually do. I always see like the cute little um, dog treats, like the little bones and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of ornaments and that kind of stuff. It was more spread out because sometimes when you go to those shows, it's like booth after booth of the same exact thing. And there really wasn't that this time. So that was a cool thing to see. Cool. So, so yeah, so that was, you know, a fun thing to kind of kick off. And then later that night, 
kind of maybe the standout episode of Saturday Night Live this season so far. You know, that's one good thing. It came out of the election. <laughs> I mean, this was Saturday Night Live is suddenly relevant again. It had a couple bad years, but it's really doing a good job in, in addressing this. Dave Chappelle was the host, and uh, I, I was really curious how he was going to do. Uh, you remember he was headlining a amphitheater tour a couple years ago, and people were walking out and heckling him. I thought he did fantastic. I, he took the, just the, the mood and, and, and kind of addressed it, and Near the, near the end of his monologue, it was like, uh, look, I'm, I'm ready to give you a, tran- uh, a, ch- a chance, Donald Trump. Uh, just remember to give, uh, give me a chance and give people who are historically disenfranchised, as he said, a chance as well. I thought that was a good tact on that. Yeah, he, like, at first when I heard it, I, I thought, like, oh, that's a risky choice. Like, yes. what's he going to do? Like, especially in light of, you know, I assume this was a very politically, you know, charged episode. But... In the end, it seemed like a really genius part, like part, pick on um, SNL's choice or um, part. So that was a cool thing to see. I didn't really watch much, but I did see a lot of people posting like it was one of the best episodes they've seen in a very long time. That he was a great, you he know, was. choice as the host. I did catch the opening. Um, scene though that was the only thing i missed but you were telling me ahead of time yeah it was it it worked in a couple different ways because it was kate mckinnon as hillary clinton who she has played hillary throughout the election season to alec baldwin's donald trump and pretty much the opening scene for the past several weeks has been either debate related or something presidential with both of them or one of them or whatever um so this was just her kate mckinnon as Hillary Clinton at the piano playing Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, who, of course, passed away on um, Thursday. So that was like a... It it worked in two ways. It was a tribute and a touching tribute at that to Leonard Cohen, who, you know, that was probably what is most popular, you know, and most recognized song. And then it also worked in the, you know, her kind of conceding in the election, or Hillary Clinton conceding in the election, and at the very end, she just sat there and played it, and at the end, she's like, you know, I'm never giving up, and you shouldn't either, live from New York at Saturday night. So I thought that was a really good way to handle all of it, so. Well done. They also did, uh, there was a segment with, uh, Chris Rock came on with Dave Chappelle, and it was funny, they were, it was like a look back at election night, and they were sitting in a New York apartment watching with their they're, they're white liberal friends, and it's just a, a great contrast. And you know, Chris Rock's so funny anyway. And, and the way they handled it, it I, if you get a chance to see that on YouTube or whatever, Vivo, if it's out there, check it out. It just uh, you know, again, taking a very politically contentious thing and, and just finding the humor in it and the realism in it, I, I thought was great. Now, do you think this was a fluke? Having like this, because we've been talking about, and I think I, we loathed it not too long ago about, you know, SNL just isn't what it used to be right, as right. far as the musical guests and the hosts and everything. Do you think this is kind of an upswing and it's going to go back to where it was or at least where it was in recent years? Or do you think this was just a one time they just nailed it with the host? Yeah, leading up to it, I, I thought the, the previous episodes were pretty good too. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping it is going to rejuvenate it's it's socially relevant again it's giving you water cooler things to talk about the next day or Or podcast topics exactly (laughs) even more important so uh, i think they'll ride it for a little while longer uh the trick with them is always uh making the cast members become indelible where where you root for them where you like the the characters they bring out uh it's still a young cast they're still developing that but uh they're definitely handling some you know 
heated topics very well. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I think the show has its relevance again. Okay, you'll give it another chance after you get home from Justin Bobby on Saturday. Yes, yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and are you ready for this week's Love It or Loathe It? Uh, yeah. All right. I am. Go uh, ahead. Uh, a, real, a real quick loathe. Just, we talked about the deaths this year. You mentioned Leonard Cohen and then Leon Russell yesterday. So, uh, so loathe that, of course, we'll, we'll talk more about that in our year-end uh, retrospective. But... I'm going to go positive. I'm going to love something. I'm going to love that the new Metallica comes out this Friday. Okay. No, it's funny. You had the website up on your um, computer before we came in here to record, and at first I thought it was like a countdown to Black Friday, and then when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's genius. That's a great like pun this time of year. Metallica's calling it Blackened Friday. That's when they're releasing their album. The album's called Hardwired to Self-Destruct, and uh, they're doing a neat thing. They're releasing it exclusively at midnight. Uh, you know, when midnight turns to Friday at 100 independent record stores throughout the country. Uh, one, oh. one in Niles, Ohio is one of them. But then during the day, uh, it, it's going everywhere. But the, they're sticking with the indie record theme, and they're doing special giveaways and, and, and specials at uh, places. The only one in Pittsburgh is Dave's Music Mine on the south side. Oh, cool. So if you're a hardcore Metallica fan, you happen to be on the south side Friday, pop in on Dave's on Carson Street, and uh, you, you may get a chance to get something free or just uh, you know be in the moment with a bunch of fellow Metallica fans, but the, now we need we need a good Metallica album, and uh, you know, the songs I've heard so far are really good, so uh, I, I just can't wait. I, they haven't played Pittsburgh in, in a long time, and I'm, I'm looking ahead to 2017 and wondering. Do you think they could be filling the stadium void this year? That's what I'm wondering. We, we were talking about that. Who's going to play the stadiums this year? Uh, you know, last year we had, uh, or this year we had Guns N' Roses, we had Beyonce, we had Kenny Chesney. Kenny said he's not doing it. No, no, he kind of teased a little that, you know, he's taking a break off a break from touring in 2017, which he does every you know few years. And last or a couple years ago, what was it? 2014? He Did took he? The year off. He yeah. took the year off. And Luke Bryan. I thought it was 15, but maybe. I thought it was 14. Maybe it was 14. Yeah, you're right. It was 14. Yeah, because yeah, 15. Yeah, because I went to two Kenny last year That's and right. this year. Um, but yeah, in 2014 he took the year off, and um, Luke Bryan filled the void at Heinz Field, and Jason Aldean at PNC Park. So I'm curious what he, you know, maybe he will pop up and do a couple of shows this year and just not do the big tour, or he might completely just radio silence from him. Um, dude deserves a break, right? <laughs> he, he's out there every year. I mean, that's that's a hard. And Blake Shelton is headlining uh, Penn State Stadium. Yeah, the Happy Valley Jam, I think it's called. Exactly, a new event. But uh, we're wondering, is that a one-off, or is he going to do other stadiums? And he was just here this year, right? At Console. Then, you know, the yeah. then Console Energy Center, uh, now PBG Paints Arena. And, yeah, so we were kind of thinking, like, who is it going to be? Because Eric Church is already committed to PBG Paints in April, I believe. And um, If it was Taylor Swift by now, she would have an album out so people would so, – or she would announce a tour so people could buy tickets for Christmas. Yeah, because she usually – her and Kenny both announce this time of year and tickets because I always know it's around this time of year when we're trying to figure out, like, okay, how many people are going, when are we getting tickets, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think she might be out of the running only because she hasn't released new music yet, and that is her formula, so she's kind of breaking that convention for herself. So You're wondering who's big enough to do stadiums anymore. Uh, the Rolling Stones have an album coming out in November, but it's a blues album, and they're kind of alluding they're going to do clubs and, and really scale it back. I, I think Metallica could be the, the next the 2017 be. stadium act because it's been a while. There's a hunger for people to see them again. Uh, you know, I, I think they could fill a place like like Kinesfield. And you know who I really want to see go on the stadium circuit? I think he would need a really strong 
co-headliner or like a lead opening act, Keith Urban. Ooh, you think? I huh. we will remember. That's popular. Yeah, remember when um, Billy Joel played PNC Park and they were having that press conference and we were like speculating who's it going to be? Um, Keith Urban was one of the names that my friend and I both threw out. I mean, I think a little of it was wishful, like hoping for it, but I think he could kind of follow in the footsteps of Jason Aldean did a couple years ago. He had brought Miranda Lambert, Florida Georgia Line, and Tyler Farr with them. But if he had a really strong, like, a little big town or, like, a really, you know, fresh, strong, or, you know, act, I think he could probably do it. Yeah, because he's, he's crossover enough that people even who aren't diehard country fans still like they admire his guitar playing, you know, they admire his look, whatever. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he has that good, like, he, country fans are into him, but non-country fans, like, you know, the light rock, you know, the classic listening or the light rock or whatever, like, they're in, into that as well. So I think he I think he could as long as he had a, you know, solid opening act or co-headliner. But as far as rock, like, or pop or anything, like, Beyonce crossed it off the list. You know, we already mentioned Taylor. Yeah. Who, who I don't know, is there anyone else really in the pop world that other than Adele but it sounds like she might be taking some time off as well so she's she's swearing to yeah uh, is Justin Bieber ready for stadiums I don't think we're <laughs> ready for Justin Bieber at stadiums I'm but not. I don't know well he just did console this year uh yes he did and I remember uh, that was I, you. I panned that one and uh, I went there with an open mind wanting to like it oh hey what about your boy JT you think he could do stadiums I didn't even think of him. That would be really good. He could pull off a stadium tour. He did it with NSYNC. Why not? Yeah, he could definitely handle that. Because, I mean, there would just be... Because he's kind of in that... I mean, he's not country, of course, but he's kind of in that Keith Urban type where everybody loves him. Like, it's not just pop. It's not just, you know, this. Like, you have in a bunch of demographics, too. You have my age. You have older. You have younger. So Justin Timberlake had one of the singles of the year. Why not? And he hasn't toured on that. So, uh, Well, that's a couple... Weeks ago, I think I didn't I say that that he's doing like the trolls for the you know the press for that he needs to take the holidays off and then go on tour. Oh yeah, because we were talking about his Netflix special. So yeah, that's a good like now that you planted that seed, like that needs to happen. Alec and Justin Timberlake <laughs> together at last. Yes, I'm there. So I would totally go for that, <laughs> Bill. But yeah, so I mean that should be a cool, cool thing. That should be happening. Hopefully, they should be announcing that in the coming weeks or month or We've so. We've done our part by sparking the rumors. Yeah, so... so. Your move, Justin Timberlake. So, and that is it for this week's episode of The Buzz. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, as always, you can follow all of our stories and the latest in entertainment news at timesonline.com entertainment. We also tweet our stories. I'm at Scott Tady. And I'm at Maggie E. And where can people find this podcast? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you got so many options. You can find us at Stitcher Radio, on iTunes, timesonline.com backslash podcast, or SoundCloud. And at the timesonline.com slash podcast, you can listen or you can watch each week. So options, as you said. Yes. Great. Uh, thank you for joining us.